Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is Good Company in the Car. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. She walks by, the men folks stand in Jack, if you had to give up one for the oh, rest of no. your life, that's my favorite way to start the episode. Oh, no. If you had to give up one, which would it be? Red meat or chocolate? Just chocolate, not all candy. Chocolate or red meat. You could never again have a T-bone. You could never again have porterhouse. You could never again have beef bourguignon. But you could have all the chocolate you wanted. Which one would it be? Ouch. <laughs> I ask a... you these questions. They're so easy for me. I know which one I'd pick. <laughs> well, you don't like sweets. That's that true. Be easy I, for that's, you. Don't have that, that uh, uh, Achilles heel. Along heel. the philosophy of there's no when I mm, there's nothing uh, steak is steak is meat is yeah. beef is beef. So saying um, there are other sweet things I could have. Yeah. So. You could I, have ice cream in this world. I could have ice cream in this world. So uh, if I could, if I had choice of other sweets, and I could, yeah. So it would, I would. But be no, a, cho- but no chocolate ice cream, no chocolate mousse, oh, just no chocolate, oh, not dark chocolate, no chocolate chip cookies. I get it. Yeah, I could give up in this particular situation. Mm. Chocolate over beef. Okay. I would keep the beef. Okay. I, but the realistic nature of this is uh, no. Uh, I'm not doing either one of those. So, no, I mean, I've always had that. I've always had that. That you know, you know, I always pose those weird questions, and one of them was, you know, your allergies change like every eight years, seven, yeah, eight yeah, years, yeah. whatever. So you can develop a, a shellfish allergy when you haven't had one before, right? So to develop, like, if I if I if went you, if you gave up chocolate and developed a beef allergy, no, no I'm <laughs> saying like because we were talking about something the other and the, the shellfish. Like, if I couldn't have shrimp, lobster, blah uh-huh. blah blah anymore, uh-huh. I don't know if that if I don't know if life, life would be would worth be, living. If life would be worth living, exactly. <laughs> now, speaking of the beef allergy, you know there was that big brouhaha. There was some bug that could bite you, and you oh get, yeah. And you can get an infection yeah. where beef either tastes rotten or something. I remember that. And that's a real thing. And I'm like, that doesn't make any... Uh, I, I cannot imagine. It sounds terrifying. And speaking of that, our, our friends Boz and Chaz are in New England right now. Woo-hoo! And Dave Dave was just sharing a startling text. He's like, how much do you think a lobster roll costs? And I'm like, it's going to be a lot more than he thinks. It was $31. Ouch. And it was just, he was like, there was maybe four ounces of lobster meat. And this is in... This isn't uh, this isn't in like a touristy area. It's some shack in the middle of nowhere in yeah. Massachusetts. Well, that's kind of their their, their bread and tourist, butter. <laughs> yeah, that's their tourist trap stuff there. Because we've made when we buy the lobsters at Lotte, Lotte Market, yeah, seventy nine a pound. Yeah, we we can make lobster rolls that were like three pounds a piece really? for about fifty bucks. But um, I wanted to. <laughs> I just told this story over the weekend. I tell this story often. I'm sure if you've been around me in true life, you've heard me. So if someone says, what do you want for dinner? And I will say... <laughs> oh, you can eat lobster. And they will say, well, where can you get all you can eat lobster? And I will say... Any lobster, any restaurant that serves lobster. Exactly. They might not have an all-you-can-eat menu, but if you're willing <laughs> to pay for it, you can have all-you-can-eat lobster in any restaurant you go into. Well, we, over the past few years, we've had some real bacchanals when the, the prices got down to six ninety nine a pound. Oof. I think I bought four. 14 lobsters Oof. one time and we I, ate every last one yeah, of them. Yeah, I'm a little I, I'm not going to say I'm lobstered out, but lobster is not on my super top crave and not at the moment. Not at the moment because I've had enough. That sounds so 
snotty, doesn't <laughs> it? It does, yeah. Oh, I'm a little bored. I'm a little bored with lobster right now. Move on to caviar. No, no, no. I don't want any lobster. I've had my fair share of lobster. Swill. I wanted Swill. to. I thought I would start the uh, the show talking about beef because beef is going to play a very central part in our our next episode. Cow cows. Because we're doing forensic files. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> when you're driving down a street, driving down a road, uh-huh. and you see. Uh, bovine in the field this is what you do <laughs> i either moo or i go cows cows yeah. look at the cows you're kind of like moo, what's... Moo, 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 moo. what yeah. movie was that twister with helen hunt yes when she just says cows oh cow <laughs> <laughs> cow comes flying by forensic files forensic files season six season six episode 15 episode 15 killers catalog killers catalog so we are in the small town of Chillicothe, Missouri. It's a small city, small town, whatever. Chillicothe, and we learned that back That's... in the 1980s, the barber shop in town was still the place to go to get some juicy gossip and play a few tunes on your guitar or violin. And we see them; they've thrown together a group of people in the barber shop, and it sounds completely I out of tune. I don't think that that's an unheard of thing. Because, oh, it's very common, but I just know, thought it sounded oh, lousy. Okay, okay, okay. I oh, I thought, you, I thought you were saying it didn't happen. Doesn't no, it sound kind that... of a bunch of the instruments sound like they're out of out of tune? Well, of course, but. I think in a small town in the middle of nowhere with nothing to do, a bunch of older men getting together in the barbershop at night to play instruments is a... There were some mannish-looking women in there, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was a barbershop. We learn it's also a place in time where farmers still earned their living raising cattle and selling them at auction. And during the 1980s, there was one man who was really good at buying the cattle cheap and selling them high. During the late 1980s, cattle auction houses across the middle part of the state were being swindled by bidders, mostly homeless men who would come in, make the winning bid, pay by check, and then disappear. Ray and Faye Copeland owned a farm just outside of town, and many of these homeless men who had bid on these cattle and later disappeared had worked for them. Didn't anybody else realize that they worked there? I they eventually did put it together. Oh, but so you know it's rural. So beforehand they didn't know. And they oh, were pointing okay, out yeah. how homeless people, there's no people don't keep tabs on them and well, people didn't realize you know what I mean? It was only after the labor fact. jobs. That's not unusual for manual labor jobs. Mm-hmm. Dishwashers, street sweepers, right. you know, cleaning up, uh, construction. Yeah, these are people who can come and go quickly. And and you know, and you don't know what happens to them. The farm wasn't big enough to support them. So Faye worked in a factory and then later as a motel maid this is when we first meet Faye, and i have to tell you i just didn't like her from the get <laughs> after all this time i now realize she's in a prison scrub i didn't but realize I, that either. i yeah. just didn't i didn't get the vibe off of her she had a kind of a righteous victim vibe. i just didn't like her anyway well, take it away I... <laughs> Faye. we were just everyday people and i was taught from childhood on you married you stayed with them husband was the boss and he was the boss to learn how truly poor they were, we get a soundbite from Al Copeland, their oldest son. The only shoes we ever had was school shoes, too. And you'd have to go out there milking the cows barefooted, and this was included in the wintertime. So when the children grow up and move out, Ray, who we learned was 78 years old at the time and is virtually illiterate, started hiring indigent people, uh, people at the local homeless shelter in like Springfield, nearby Springfield, and got them to work. Right. So think about it, like... That I if if the picture if the pictures that we saw were accurate, there were 
I think four children. Yes. And and only one <laughs> Only one of them wanted uh, to talk. <laughs> and only one of them wanted to talk, but none of them stayed. No. So now if you're from any type of a farming or a, a rural community, there's usually a child that at takes least over the farm, right? That wants to see the farm go on or to inherit the farm or they're into the the lifestyle, livestock I've seen farming, farm aid. I know what goes on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> John Cougar so, made a career out of so, this. So so they had several children and all of them left. and all of them left when they were old enough. And and Al talks shit about his dad later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as we said, Ray is going to these local homeless shelters to find workers. We get some audio from a resident of one of these shelters. Just ask people if they'd like to go out, you know, make some money and you know get paid at the end of the day or you know, we can help you get some finances started. And they go out, and, you know, get people and help them get it, uh, an account started, and, you know, in a, in a bank. So he would promise them an opportunity to get a foothold in the world and get some finances started or whatever. These men were very vulnerable. Most of them were on the run and had outstanding warrants, a history of arrests, addiction problems, mental health issues, and on and on. And Ray targeted well, these men. that goes back to what I was saying earlier. The type of people who, who do these that jobs. manual labor, pay-by-the-day type jobs, these are the people because they can't maintain full-time jobs for a variety of reasons. So to be high hired on to, you know, help clear a field or help build a wall yeah. or help tear down a barn or something like yeah, that. Easy yeah, easy cash and whatever. So uh, here is uh, Ellie Widmere. She is a mission worker, and she kind of melodramatically describes what Ray was offering these men. One of these men uh, who, who was offered that kind of money and a place to live, especially maybe in a country setting, why it would just be, it would be paradise. It would be something, it would be a dream come true for a man like that. I don't know if being offered $5 an hour to work on a farm in rural Missouri is paradise, but you go with your bad self, Ellie. Well, but think about it. For, I mean, well, first of all, it's the 80s. Yeah. And second of all, they're not getting hired anyplace else. They don't have to have clothes. They don't have to have good... Right. Uh, uh, clear, uh, clear arrest records and no, all no, that no. stuff, right? Uh, they they're don't not have doing to be clean. No. They can show up to work stinky, dirty, yeah. unshaven. It, it, it's true. You know, so these this is this is the type of people... Again, now, targeting these, these very... Right. Man. My uncle Roy, he would often hire these type of people to do work for him, and he would say, "Tell me they didn't go missing." No, 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 they didn't <laughs> go missing. He said, "But he said he could get one. He'd find them. They would work for him, and then the second they got paid, they disappeared." Yeah, and then some of them would come back like a month or so later, mm -hmm. and he knew, well, second I pay him, they're gone. Yeah, and I think that that's why when these guys disappeared from this, a lot of people are like, "Well, he got paid and he took off." One of the men wanted in this auction house swindle was 27 year old dennis murphy and he had worked for ray and Faye before he disappeared in 1986 the authorities went to their farm to try to find him when they asked where murphy was ray simply said he had just up and left and then the sheriff said that he had been wanted for writing some bad checks and ray says i know all about it he wrote me a bad one too and in the reenactment he pulls out a, a bad check and the guy who played the reenactment ray looked pretty good <laughs> you're back on your game friends files last time they weren't so good oh also this one was narrated by that other guy with the voice that i like oh yes 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 yes, yes, yes. what the, is his name it's not winfield it's the it's the other guy with the other super, peter thomas maybe yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So along with Murphy, there were seven other men who had been writing these bad checks. So all in all, eight men were missing from central Missouri. The authorities are at a dead end, but then they get a call from Nebraska. 
It's a man named Jack McCormick, who is a former ranch hand at the farm, and he says he can tell the authorities where those men are. This is Leland O'Dell, a former sheriff. He was a transit. He, he uh, moved a lot. And he had a lot of stories, and I think he liked to tell a lot of stories. McCormick tells the authorities that he believes he saw a skull at the farm. The farm is only 40 acres. Only. There's a yeah, only 40 is not that big for a farm, but yeah, there's but. a pond and there's a barn. So and the, it, well, I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. And with any kind of a farm type, there's lots of little buildings. Yeah, lots of outbuildings. A lot of little outbuildings with no, no, just a wooden structure in the middle of nowhere to store rakes in or something. Right, 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 right. So the authorities descend upon the 40 acres, and the coroner is there, the highway patrol is there, the local sheriff is there, and they go over it with a fine-tooth comb, but they can't find anything. This is Scott Lindley. He's the Livingston County coroner. Surveying the property and looking for possible burial sites on the property and possible places where the the deaths actually took place. We had uh, search dogs backhoes and we'd punched a lot of holes around in the farm and we had really searched this farm hadn't found a thing so you know you always think well maybe maybe this didn't happen so after searching for nine days across the property and coming up with nothing they decide to bring jack mccormick down to the property and why they didn't do that to begin with i don't know he's only in nebraska <laughs> it's not that know, far yeah, away i thought that same thing why didn't they just bring the guy down who said he saw the stuff it's one the state over I don't know why he did this, but then he says he actually didn't see anything. And that doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't, and he said it may have just been a dishpan. But now the authorities are looking into Ray's activities. They must have stumbled across something that made them think something is not right. They discovered that 20 years earlier, he had been arrested numerous times for doing the same thing, writing bad checks at auction houses. Again, we hear from long-suffering Faye. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't like her. Every time he'd get arrested, he would call me to come and bail him out. I bailed him out of jail quite a few times. About every 18 months seemed like his police out there and him being gone for a while. So the authorities now... I'm interrupt you again. Oh, So I, of course, don't know anything about uh, livestock auctions, but I have been to many an estate sale slash auction slash, you know... Mm -hmm. You've been to a lot. I've been to a lot of them, and... They have to approve your check before because this they is they do back. that now, but this is back in the eighties, and I no, think you get away with that I've shit. Been, now, Kevin, I've been going to estate and auctions and stuff like this for a really long time. And when you were going to pay by check, you had to have your check approved before they gave you a number to do your your bidding with. Okay. So I am a little confused. This is confuses me a little well, bit. Well, at one point they explained that they like say the guy's name is Peter. Peter's working for Ray. Uh, Ray sets him up with a bank account. He gives him a checkbook. He's in the stands. He's signaling to Peter to when to bid and when not to bid. They buy some smaller uh, cattle. They make some smaller bids. Those checks clear. Then they move up and they they bid on larger or bigger cattle or whatever. And it's those bigger checks that they're bouncing. And that's when these guys disappear. Oh, I so must they, have missed that. They do a couple oh. of good faith ones and they're doing the bidding. But Ray oh. is up and he's he's signaling to them from the stands yeah, when yeah. to bid and when I not heard to the bid. The part about the signaling, but I must have missed the part about yeah. the smaller. They start out with smaller the, the, checks and bigger precedent. ones. Okay, so they bur- they I earn apologize. a little goodwill. I apologize. Yeah. So the authorities learned that Ray has been doing side jobs to turn a 
to earn a little extra money on nearby farms. And if you think about that, he's got a 40-acre farm, and he's doing side jobs to make extra money, and he's got a 40-acre farm. He can't grow and sell or do something yeah. on his property He's doing odd jobs on neighboring properties. Money. And one of these neighboring... And he's like 70. He's 78. And uh, so one of these properties in a barn... They discover a shallow grave with three bodies in it. They say the bodies have been there for at least three years. They were just wrapped in blankets and in an earthen grave is what they were. In this situation, they were in some clay ground, which tends to kind of ward off decomposition because the air uh, doesn't get to it as quickly as it was in, say, a, a different type of soil. So since the ground has a lot of clay in it, that keeps out oxygen. So they haven't decomposed as badly as they might have been in some other places. You know how like they find those bodies in bogs in like England, right? In Scotland, they, and they, they think, look fresh. They, and the, actually, one they found back in like the seventies. It was a real famous one. Yes. They assumed it was a murder within the past year, and they started a a hunt for the murder of this guy until an archaeologist was like, Wait. "This guy's nine hundred years yeah. old." Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. the body was so fresh, and, and they could see his fingerprints. They can tell the men have been killed by a single gunshot to their head. But there is nothing connecting Ray to these killings. So just, I want to clarify something. So these bodies were found under the floorboards of barns with bales of hay in them. They had to move 100 bales of hay, they so, said, on one of them. So, because you know I'm a farmer, I'm <laughs> I'm laughing. That's, that's yeah. I'm being silly. There's I'm not a farmer. So, but to... So, you played. You played one at Beverly Hills. I played one Beverly, at Beverly Hills. Night. Exactly. <laughs> so when they, so when the, when the fields are 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 baled, when they bale the hay, then the the hay is supposed to be stored to feed livestock later. Yeah, through the winter. And so these barns, they usually have more than one, or they move from side to side. So they'll fill one side up, and then one side will be empty, and then they fill the other side right. up as they right. use the one on the other side because they have to use it up because it will go bad. It'll rot. Et right, cetera, right, right. Et it's like rotating stock. It's like, exactly. So, when these men disappeared, our buddy Ray was working the part-time jobs at these farms. So they were kind of starting to connect him with all these missing people. It was a few days after they discovered these three that they moved the 100 bales and beneath the, find yet another body buried beneath the floor of the barn, but they had to move 100 bales. A few days after that, on another farm that Ray had worked at, at the bottom of a well, they find another one. Wouldn't you, they, and this one you is wearing... You find out your drinking water's got a dead body. Oh, here. God. And this one is wearing a belt that says Dennis. And the authorities are immediately wondering if this is our Dennis Murphy who started the episode. Normally, I wouldn't even use these sound bites, but here's that charming Faye yet again defending or explaining the situation. I just don't like the way she looks at the camera. It's that, you know, ugh. Why would he do something like that? When he had, we had everything paid for, we didn't owe for nothing. We had, tr- we had truck paid for, everything, all the machinery and all, farm and everything. Why would he turn around and do something like that? If he didn't. That's not nice of me. I know. I, she had a hard life, but I, I think she's duplicitous in this. Yes. So Jack McCormick told authorities that Ray Copeland had approached him and offered to give him a job at the farm, give him a few hundred dollars to open a checking account, and told him to use a post office box as his address. Copeland then took Jack to these cattle auctions and would sit in the stands and signal McCormick when to bid. McCormick would pay with a check. First few times the check would clear. Once he got a little goodwill with the auction house, they'd make some larger purchases. And by the time those cleared, the person was gone. So 
McCormick. And I, I'm gonna okay. Let me interrupt you again. So at these auctions, yeah, I, I'm not saying that they're there that this is a humongous uh, uh, a situ uh, uh, populated, a popular a superly highly populated situation, but if we're talking about a general area, uh -huh. they know each other. They do. So how in the world would some newcomer come in set I, up? I mean, a newcomer and no one's going to connect them. I wonder if with... it would be that odd to have a fresh face. At, at, if it would be that odd to have but a fresh I'm face. Saying that, that you mean to tell me the whole time this uh, at this auction the fresh face person is not seen with Ray? Uh, I don't know because Ray is up in the stands and I don't know. I, don't know. I, I it think just there's seems probably a little enough, weird to me. I think there's enough activity going on and people with their kids and all that. It's like a 4-H show. I think I've, you could I, get away with it. And, and some of those auctions and stuff like that when I you know you go to them and it's the same people. Yeah. But I, I I think there's enough activity so okay. that okay well, you know, I think that's pretty brazen of of uh, old Ray there I do I think that no one's gonna realize he's connected somehow with these well people. they they finally well, pieced yeah, it together they got him so McCormick said that after he wrote a particularly big check Ray got him back to the farm and told him there was a raccoon in the barn basement and that they needed to shoot it. And he's trying to get Jack to lean over this opening in the barn floor, and he's got a 22 caliber rifle with him. And he keeps saying, get down in there and poke this stick around in there, and that raccoon will come out. And Jack will not take his eyes off of Ray, even when he leans down in the reenactment. You can see the actor keeps looking up at him. And at one point, he leaned down and looked away for a moment, and he looked back, and Ray's got the gun right up next to his head. So he pleads for his life, and he tells uh, Ray that he'll leave the area, he won't mention a word to anybody, and Ray and lets him go. And this, now... Ray lets okay. him go. Ray lets him go, and the thing about this that doesn't make any sense to me is Ray knows... Well, first of all, Ray's a killer. Right. He's already done it. So, so Jack so knows what done. he's been doing. And Jack knows what he, Why... If you're Ray, kill he should have killed him. He should have, but now that's not what I'm saying. But you know what I'm saying. Like, um, don't he, leave any witnesses. He literally let this guy who knew all his business leave. Just yeah, get him walk away. Yeah, he, Jack pled for his life and said, I, "I'll leave." You know, he fled to Nebraska. He didn't flee very far. Well, so the authorities search Ray's home and they find a 22 caliber rifle. Uh, 22. We, we call it a 22, right? You just oh. call it a 22. Well, no, a, a twenty-two. Well, there's twenty-two handgun. No, a twenty-two rifle. A twenty-two rifle, and a ton of men's clothing that did not belong to Ray Which or Confey. That blew my mind. Why would you keep because that? Because then that goes into serial killer stuff. Yep. Because I did not kind of like trophies. Yes, I did not think of this as a serial killer situation until that point. Right. So he was being a criminal and he was killing off people. I'm not going to say that makes sense, but that made sense in a weird way. Yeah. Like he's getting these people to commit these crimes. He's pr pr getting all the proceeds, and he just kills them. Yeah. So he doesn't have to worry about paying them or doing everything. Yeah. No. But conscience. he saved their clothes. Yeah. And then it's a forty-acre farm. Now, Kevin just said that's not a lot. That forty that's a, that's acres. That's a fair amount of that's property. A, that's a fair amount of property. And. All the property, and he can't think of a better place to dispose of those bodies. Yeah, well, he put them under the neighbor's barn under a hundred barrels of Let, yeah. Put them under, the hey, under the neighbor's barn. I think he tried pretty hard. I I don't know if you if you've got a farm and you've got forty acres, you can find some place to dispose of those bodies. I I, I don't know. I they think, would be exposed to the elements I, being. Dis they I would think have that the authorities more, would, could have found them. Know. All right. 
I'm going to have, well, that just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me. Okay, go ahead. Now they discover a list hidden in a camera case with the names of all of the other men that Copeland had hired to work on the farm. Next to four of the names is the letter X. And all of these men were missing and were wanted for writing bad checks. This is Ronald Gere. He is a forensic odontologist explaining why comparing the dental records to the skulls was so challenging. Some of them are kind of sketchy and old. And the biggest problem was that the records were old um, and these people had not had dental treatment in the period of time from the time the records were made up to the time of their death. That makes sense. They they they're homeless. They haven't had a dentist look at right. their teeth in thirty years. You know, haven't been eating well. But he's able to identify a weird part of a jawbone of Dennis's skull to an X-ray from when he was younger, and they're like, "That's it. That's as good as matching a, a filling." Right, right. Looking at the remains. All of the men had been killed by a single gunshot to the head from a small caliber rifle. They actually recovered some of the bullets inside of the skulls. The bullets recovered matched the rifle that they recovered from Ray's house. And that's interesting to me as well because, you know, they say that uh, they like to, you know, less messy mm-hmm. is people who kill with a twenty-two. Yeah. Because they put it right up against the head and the bullet bounces around inside that's the head. The mob is supposed to yeah, use that, that caliber gross. because it, yeah, kills and, without and it's being... it's less messy because there's only blood from the hole, not a splat, not a not a blown apart head or oh, something. Oh, it's so like creepy. Yeah, it's gross. So they arrest Ray and Faye, and when they are leading Ray into the courthouse, you can see a Subway sandwich franchise in the background. I didn't realize Subway's been around that long. Did you? I didn't. Well, this is 1980. This is 1993. Subway's, I think the Subway, Subway, Subway sub started in the, yeah, I think it was back that long. But I would not have spotted the Subway. I was not looking for that (laughs) when I'm watching this show. It stood out to me, yeah. So Ray is arrested for murder. He is 78, and Faye is also arrested. She is 68. So this is fantastic. Faye writes a letter to Ray in prison, a letter of support saying things that will cool down. And that doesn't make sense. They said things will cool down. That doesn't make sense. Things will cool down. You've murdered these men. (laughs) They're not going to cool down. Their things are going (laughs) to cool down. So now they have a sample of Faye's handwriting, and it matches the handwriting on the list they found in the camera case with the X next to the names of the missing men. Men? The missing men. I don't know why I do that. Here she is proclaiming her innocence. But I was not with him when he'd done his bad deeds. I knew nothing about it. And it didn't include me. Sure, Jan. Yeah, he, <laughs> but, but remember, O'Ray is illiterate. Yep. He cannot read and uh-huh. he cannot write. Yep. So who else was writing a list? Exactly. So we now learn that Ray was physically abusive to his family. Doesn't justify any of this. This has apparently been a very well-kept family secret. Here's his son, Al. There was one time he, uh, one of my brothers was scraping the bottom of his bowl that had oatmeal. He didn't like the sound and took a frying pan to him. Um, myself, personally, milking cows, uh, the old cow kicked the bucket over. He took a pair of metal cow kickers and beat me with it uh, for no reason. Uh, that was everyday occurrence with him. Now, we learn later that Al... He doesn't refer to his dad as his dad. Yeah. And he, he refers and, and, to his mom as his mom, he but does. he refers to his dad as He thinks his Ray. mom's innocent, so I'm not so sure, or he wants his mom to get he, released. Well, if you, but if you... Now, see, he said, I hope 
she had nothing to do oh, okay. with this. So yeah. the, these were arrested for murder, and their trials are the biggest thing to hit Livingston County, Missouri, ever. The prosecutors believe that Ray would hire these homeless men, set them up with a bank account, we know what they were doing, write bad checks, and then kill them. He did this eight times. The reenactments are super creepy. I thought they kind of did them in black and white. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah, see yeah. him walk up behind yeah. him with that. And that I bet I'm, you that's exactly what it looked like. I'm curious to know about how much money that would be. Because that is always of interest to me. So this person's life is worth this much money. There was an episode we did towards the beginning. And the, and the woman said that. My son's life was worth fourteen thousand dollars. Yeah, some some ridiculously low amount of money. Oh, that was from years ago. That was from years ago. So I'm curious if he's cattle uh, livestock sales. So you figure what? You figure how much could a how how much how could a big buffalo could he have made? How much could they have made? So I'm assuming that nine dollars. No, 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 (laughs) no. That's from I know, I know, I know. No, I would think I would think a large premium steer. Back in the eighties, would cost several thousand. But we dollars. have no idea how, what the guessing. purchase of what the size of the purchases were. Was right. he buying just you know several cows, or was he buying whole herds, or was he what was he buying? How much was he buying? Where was he buying? Yeah, because all of these, all of the livestock that that Ray obtained, he turned right around and sold. He sold it. So there's no way to like track, track them it, down. so to speak. Yeah, because the cattle was bought and sold so quickly for the profit that they killed the guy that right. wrote the checks for. Yeah. He was good about getting rid of the, the evidence real quickly. All of the victims were positively identified to raise gun, and he is convicted of five counts of murder, and he is sentenced to death because this is Missouri after all. Here is his son, Al, and this is Stone Cold. Hooray. Ray deserved it. For what he done to the, the transits and the people uh, all through his life. I and mean, he he deserved a death sentence. So the handwriting evidence was enough to convince the jury that she was in on the killings as well, and she too is convicted and sentenced to death by lethal injection. And I found this tidbit. When Ray heard that his wife was also convicted and was going to die by lethal injection, he said, oh, well, sometimes things happen to people. Wow. Showed no emotion. Wow. So he dies in 1993 before he can be executed. And after 10 more years on death row in 1999, her sentence is commuted to life in prison. And she died four years later in 2003. Here she is one one last time. I never go to bed, never close my eyes, but when I relive a lot of my life over, wondering, was I to blame? No. So why should I have to pay? something he done if he done if he done it I, that bit when she adds how, on how he, can, if he see, done now it that that what is what leads me like when the even as is as cold or as emotionless as she was in her initial uh-huh. in her initial interview or whatever when she's talking she knows he did it uh-huh. there's no way she thinks well, he she did looked at the camera if he done it if he done it yeah if he done it bitch you know he you did know it. he did it i mean we you were in on it i'm, I'm not I, I think she was part yeah. she had to be she, she had, had to be. be and so my sympathy for her went away but my question is is why do they just not want to kill people? They don't want to do... Oh, they, because it appeals. The appeals process goes on forever. Uh, oh, it regularly so she takes. was on. she was on death... Uh, life, uh, not death row? Death row all that time. For 10 and years. They, and then they changed her uh, so, sentence to... Life in prison. Life in prison. Without parole. So... And Ray was in jail for four years on death row. 
Mm. And remember we the one we did the other day about Allison Russ uh, um, uh, Calvin Allison down in Florida. He committed the crime in May. He went on trial in October. So that was really quick. And then he was immediate. He got that. I don't know. I don't know how quickly these trials. Because a lot of times these trials, when it's a murder when it's going to be a uh, uh, death sentence, they take forever to even go to trial. And then once they get the death sentence, then they just file appeal after appeal and they take it to the right. Supreme Court and you hear all that stuff. Um, as of the recording of that episode, there are still three men missing from that list that have not been found. And the authorities do believe that they're buried somewhere on or near that farm. Well, they just yeah, haven't found them. Because he's going to do what he did. He's yeah. going to continue to get away because he thought he was getting away with it. So they're either on other people's farms that he worked at or somewhere on that 40 acres. Yeah, like you said. Yeah. So that is the horrible story of Ray and Faye Copeland. Well, I am... I, I, I had, there, I'm sure there were movies of the week and stuff based oh, off there of this, right? This there just has got, this been. screams movie yeah, adaptation. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, taking advantage of so many, like... The most vulnerable. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Terrible crime. And, um, well, everybody, thank you again for listening with yes. us. And, and yeah. Hey, don't forget and, to like and share. Yeah, like and share. I was just going to say, we never say that. Yeah. Like it and share it and give like us a, give us a review. It really, really helps us. Yeah. And, um... Uh, thank you. Just do that. We ask, we give so much, and we ask for so little. So little. <laughs> thank you for listening. Au revoir, man.